0: we're doing another review incentive. So at the end of May 2024, we're going to pick one person who wrote a review between now and then to get a free one-on-one session with me. Instructions are in the description of this episode. And I just want to express how much I appreciate you. At this point, if you're a regular listener, you've got a whole bunch of access to the truth of who I am and to my soul. And that makes me feel really, really good. That is exactly the type of relationship that I want for us to be cultivating together. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your review. I hope it's you that I get to do a one-on-one with. I appreciate you so much. Hello, and welcome to the Flynn Skidmore podcast. My goal is to help you become exactly who you want to be. We are here to help you take your biggest, boldest, most beautiful vision for life, and turn that vision into reality. You've seen the iceberg and it almost pains me to say it because it's like the most common representation of the unconscious and I have this like somewhat annoying but also beneficial thing about me where I hate doing the things that are the most common. So it pains me to use that example and also it works really well because that is how your conscious and unconscious mind work. There's this this, uh, this small percent that you can see that you're aware of, the, the tip of the iceberg that's outside of, that's outside of the water. And then there's this big gargantuan thing underneath the water that you can't see that's largely responsible for what the tip of the iceberg does and the movement of the iceberg and all that. of your life, the experiences you have, the relationships you have, the amount of money you make, your business is determined by your unconscious. And to be more specific, it's determined by what your unconscious believes is safe. It determines safety via familiarity. So if you've experienced it before and survived it, then it's safe and then you can have it. The problem is, is that most of the things that you consciously want are not yet safe for your unconscious. So let's say you like like okay with attachment theory. Let's say let's say as a, as an, an infant, maybe even pre birth in the womb, because of what was in your mother's bloodstream you learned that anxiety was the most appropriate response to your external environment. So your biology and physiology set you up to be uh, more prone to anxiety. And then you came out and maybe you started to develop some anxious attachment patterns with your mom and your parents and other friends and your first crush. And now you have patterns of anxious attachment in your relationships. That to your unconscious is safe. That is the appropriate thing to feel given how your unconscious perceives the external environment. And if, we want, if you want to have an experience of, of more groundedness in your relationship, more relaxation, more confidence, what we have to do is help your unconscious learn that those, that those experiences are safe. And the way that your unconscious learns that those experiences are safe primarily is through exposure, through experiencing it, through through getting clear on what you actually want, the feelings that you want, and creating as much feelings in your life as possible so that your nervous system can rewire and learn that those feelings that you want, those internal experiences actually are safe. And it's this very baby step, step step-by-step thing to retrain your mind and your body to learn that the things that you actually want, who you want to be is safe. And when you learn that it's safe, then you can have it. By the end of this podcast, you're going to have clarity on six principles of your unconscious mind that is going to make things easier for you. Make things easier in terms of bridging the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Easier to help put you help help. I, I want to help put you in a position where you are starting to cultivate mastery of your unconscious. And truth to, to be honest, this is a lifelong endeavor for both of us. Like you and I will both be spending the lives, the rest of our lives, learning more and more about how our unconscious actually works and how to work with it, how to co-create with it. Uh, but I but I really believe that the six principles that I'm going to share with you today are. Going to be super helpful. Okay, so your conscious mind is the the version of you who's verbal, rational, who can think, who can conceptualize things. Your unconscious mind is the part of you, your mind that you weren't conscious of right before now when I mentioned your feet on the floor. So feel your feet on the floor. Or feel your butt on a chair, feel wind in your face, feel your hands on the steering wheel. You weren't consciously processing that experience before I mentioned it. But now that I've invited you to pay attention to those things, you're aware that there's an experience that's being had there. Your unconscious is the thing that's processing an immense amount of information that exists in the past, the present, and the future that you don't have to be consciously aware of. A really cool way of thinking about it is that in any given moment, you are you you are being hit or bombarded with 11 million bits of information and we're not just talking about like Anderson Cooper on CNN and scrolling on social media though that's part of it we're talking about light sound memory interpretation like touch, smell, taste like 11 million bits of information in any given moment. Your conscious mind cannot process all of that. If it, if it tried to, you wouldn't be able to survive. You'd die. Your conscious mind processes about 134 bits of information per second. Your unconscious mind is doing, is doing the rest, is processing the rest. It's it's important to understand your unconscious because What you're here to do, the reason you're listening to this podcast is because you're interested in change. You're interested in changing something. Maybe it's your relationship patterns. Maybe it's your relationship with money. Maybe it's something with your body. Fundamentally, what we're all looking to do is to spend our lives becoming masters of change. When we create change and when we create permanent and sustainable change, that change is happening on an unconscious level. It's, it's happening in the parts of you that you do not have to be aware of. It's just, it's just in you. So we really want to understand like what is happening here and how do we communicate with our unconscious? How can, how can we store things in our unconscious so that, uh, what our conscious our unconscious believes is safe aligns with the truth of what we actually consciously want. Your conscious mind is only aware of right now. And your unconscious mind stores all of your memories, holds all this information about your past interpretations of the past. And it holds predictions of the future, things of the future, things about the future that you see as inevitable or that your unconscious sees as inevitable and can't yet see that there are other options. The conscious mind learns things sequentially, meaning over time after repetition. And the unconscious mind learns things concurrently, meaning you touch a flame, it's hot, it hurts you. Immediately, your unconscious learns that touching a flame produces pain. Another way of saying it is the conscious mind needs time to learn things and the unconscious mind learns things immediately through experience. Your conscious mind produces voluntary movements like choices about how you move whereas the unconscious mind produces involuntary movements and the beating of your heart. Your unconscious mind is the domain of your emotions, the part that feels. Whereas your conscious mind is generally the the part that uh, interprets the feeling, makes sense of the feeling, and applies it to concepts that it's already familiar with. And 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 if you're if you're someone who listens to a lot of my content, you'll you'll often hear me say like, "Yes, okay, I hear that. What you want is to be chosen, but that's not what you actually want. I hear that what you want is to be secure, but that's not what you actually want. Those are words. Those are interpretations." We wanna understand what you're hoping to feel. So if you are chosen, what does that mean? Oh, well, that means that men like me, okay? And if you know that men like you, then what does that mean? That means that I'm lovable. And if you can interpret yourself as lovable, then what does that mean? That that means that people will want me. And if and if you know that people will want you, then what does that mean? Or what does that do for you? Then I get to relax. Okay, now we're getting there. So if you get to relax, then what? Then I get to feel confident, at peace. I get to feel ease. I get to feel sensuality. I get to feel love I get to feel like okay now we're understanding what you actually want these are the sensations in your body that you want and you are operating through the lens of a part of you who thought that the best access those sensations in your body was to achieve something that you can interpret as being chosen when we keep our awareness on the level of something like being chosen or being secure, we're not able to communicate with the unconscious. Like we're not able to, we're not speaking the unconscious's language. And if we're not speaking the unconscious's language, we're not going to be able to teach it uh, new things. We're not going to help it learn that other things are safe. So I just, I, implore you, please do not let your awareness remain at the level of, I want to be chosen or I want to be secure. Please continue to ask yourself, what does that do for me? What do I actually want? What's the experience I want to have? What's the feeling I want to have? When you do that and you get to the root of what you want, which is the sensation in your body, you're starting to like be a person who's able to communicate with and co-create with your unconscious. Okay, let's dive into the six principles. You're going to love them. They are fascinating. It's they're really they they they're going to they're simple and they're going to help you make sense of things. Okay, the first one is actually the one that I want to speak the least about because it requires the most. This is actually like if if, if the, the first one is that your unconscious organizes all your memories. Memory is one of the most fascinating and complex things that exist in the universe we tend to think of memories as facts whereas what's truer about memories is that what matters not so much it doesn't really matter the facts of what happened what our our, mem- our when we experience something we're either encoding it in one of two we're encoding it of one of two ways it's either an empowering experience or a disempowering experience. We're either learning that love, safety, and belonging is available in, in abundant supply, or we're learning that love, safety, and belonging are scarce resources and we have to fight to get them, or we have to go hide away and die because they don't exist anywhere and it doesn't make spent, sense to spend energy trying to find them if we don't believe they exist. Like, Think about that in your own experience. like. Like walking into the cafeteria as a little kid, you know, like the first day of, new, of a new school in fourth grade and you don't have anyone to sit with and you don't perceive yourself as like competent and capable of finding someone to sit with. That's an insanely overwhelming experience and you, you, you label that as disempowering. You're not perceiving yourself as capable of meeting the demands of the environment in a way that produces love, safety, and belonging. And we have trillions of these experiences, probably more than trillions through our life. And, and what matters is not so much the experience. What matters is the coding of the experience. I am disempowered. I am disempowered. I am disempowered. I am disempowered. It accumulates over and over and over, which informs the next experience and it informs how we predict the future. And. And then it's more likely that we attract and experience disempowering things when that's like how we are conceiving of ourselves. This all can be changed, which is fascinating. It's fascinating. So it's not gaslighting yourself and changing a memory. It's going to the parts of you who were disempowered in a particular experience and relating to those parts of you lovingly so that we can open that part of you where we can open its imagination to the possibility of other ways of navigating that situation and help that part of you see, Hey, next time I'm going to be, even though you're going to be like an invisible big brother or an invisible parent or invisible uncle or aunt, I'm going to be with you next time. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to be here with you. Like I'm going to encourage you to do the bolder, more courageous thing. And it's not, and, and it's, and it, it's just the experience, the disempowered part of you having the experience of not being alone in its disempowerment is the thing that transforms that into an empowering experience. And and, and okay, I, there's so much that we could do going into that. Um, but let's just leave it at that. What I want you to take away from this is that the facts of your memory are not the thing that determine who you are and what your unconscious perceives as safe. What matters is the accumulation of of how you've coded experiences. Is this empowering or is this disempowering? And we can go into your memory and rewire your nervous system to code things as empowering so that you're able to predict a different future it's really really cool and the more you're able to do that the more you're able to predict a future and where you you see that there is an abundance of love safety and belonging available for you and you are capable and competent to meet the, the demands and the challenges of your environment to make choices that actually produce love safety and belonging as opposed to producing isolation and depression or anxiety it's fast memory is incredible um okay second principle you're going to love this one you're going to love this one it's that your unconscious takes everything personally so you know if you've heard that thing like when you're pointing a finger at someone you're getting three point back at you or like any judgment that you make is really just like a projection of your judgment of yourself okay how i want you to think about it is this if i'm seeing a person and I and they are not showing me that they're capable of change, or maybe they're showing me that, like, I don't know. They're I'm, I'm judging them. Really, is what it is. Let's say I'm judging them as like weak and fragile, and they'll never change. My unconscious doesn't know that I'm speaking about another person. My unconscious only takes things personally. It only experiences that as me speaking about myself. So. The more I'm seeing the world around me and judging it or criticizing it or blaming it, like the more my unconscious believes like that's, oh, that's who I am. I'm constructing that version of myself. I'm building this version of myself with every thought I think, with every word I say, with every interpretation that I have. And so, if I'm judging the world around me, I'm building a version of myself who's. If I'm judging the world around me as incapable of change, weak and fragile, then I'm building a version of myself who's weak and fragile. So, actually, I don't think about it so much as like your judgments are a projection of what you believe about yourself and your own insecurities. It's not maybe, but I think what's more valuable and interesting to think about is that every time you're making a judgment, you're also commit of someone else. Um, You're also committing to. Uh, Building a version of yourself who has the things that you are judging in the other person who is the things that you're judging in the other person. Now, what we what what gets really beautiful and nuanced and complex about this is if you have a tendency to judge other people, which we all do, there's literally not a single person in the world who doesn't. In a strange way, the part of you who's judging others is doing the best that they can in order to access love, safety, and belonging. It's a part of you who thinks that you need to differentiate yourself um, so that you can reject something in order for you to belong to something else. And the more you judge and reject this thing, then, then it's almost like you're accumulating currency for you to belong to this other identity. And the more, you, more currency you have, the more you reject this other thing, the more status you have. So you judging other people is, is, a, is an effort to access belonging and status it's just, and it's not that it's good or bad. It's just that it doesn't work to actually produce the results that you want. Like a, a better thing is to, uh, see everything as a beautiful, uh, it's like kind of corny to say this word, but it, uh, it fits. See everything as like a beautiful divine being like a beautiful soul, a beautiful seed, a beautiful light. Uh, the more you see everything like that, like I'm not seeing a person right now, I'm, I'm sitting in my kitchen And I'm only seeing objects, like see objects like that too. See the person who designed those objects that way too. Even the things you hate about the world, it's like see them as beautiful things. The more you see the things around you as beautiful, light, divine beings the more you set you, the more you are building yourself up into a person who's capable of actually changing those things. When you are judging those things and seeing them as like evil or weak, you're building yourself into a person who's not capable of changing the things that you're seeking to change. One pointer, finger pointed out is three pointed back at you, but it's not like a na 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 like I'm insecure, so I'm gonna project insecurity. It's literally building yourself. The way you're interpreting the world is, is you actively building who you are which I think is really beautiful. Okay, number three, your unconscious works on the principle of least effort. So let's say let's say you're like, I wanna make more money. Okay, and then you walk down the street and you find a $5 bill. That's probably not what you were intending when you were talking about making more money, but you weren't specific when you were talking about making more money. Your unconscious is not going to do the work to figure out for you how much money you want to make. And this is where our work comes in of like judging what it is that we want. So many people are afraid to say, I want to make this amount of money um, per year because they're judging what it means to be a person who makes that amount of money per year or who wants to make that much money per year. One of my favorite thinkers, philosophers, I don't even really know what to call him, Naval Ravikant has a pretty extreme way of saying it. He says that if you hate rich people, you'll always be poor. The same principle applies here. It's like, and and what all that is, it's the same thing that we were just talking about in the second principle, which is the one point, the the one finger out, three fingers back. When you're seeing things as bad or evil or weak or whatever, you are creating that version of yourself. So what you, what, The wise thing to do is for you to be honest with yourself about what you actually want in your life, the things that you actually want, be truthful with yourself, and then be as specific about those things as possible specificity is the thing that wins in this game. And in order to be specific, you have to be bold and confident. I want to emphasize this. When you are judging something, when you're judging something like what it means to be a person who wants money, what you are doing is vying for belonging. You are rejecting the identity of making money and hoping that the rejection of that identity gets you to belong to a group of people whose identity you might be inspired by or resonate with and you want to belong with them it's so the so it's a it's it's a strategy that's being used for belonging And it's just not as good of a strategy as being the person who just really owns the fuck out of what it is that you actually want and like living life in a way where you understand that that bold ownership gives life to everything around you. Whereas that like rejection of things energy kills you and kills everything around you. And the more you're operating with that life-giving energy, like seeking to bring nourishment into every space you're in, seeking to bring nourishment to the truth of you being a being who wants things, the more you operate as a person that like animals want to be around. You're giving off loving, uh, beneficial energy. So be specific about what you want. Okay. Number four, your unconscious does not process negatives. Let's say you're talking to me about (laughs) let's say you're talking to me about a change you want to make. Let's say you have a pattern of being attracted to emotionally unavailable people and you and I are working together and I slide a tricky little thing in there. And I'm like, I don't think this is going to be really easy for you to change. Your unconscious is not hearing the, I don't think part. Your unconscious is hearing the really easy to change. This is a tricky thing. This is a powerful thing to do, and when and if I'm giving this to you, I'm also giving you immense power and responsibility. Because when you learn to use language like this, you you understand how to actually uh, implant programming into other people's unconscious. And it's just it's very wise to be responsible and loving about that, and only do it when there's implied consent or explicit consent. So, like if someone is if, is your client and they and and the implication is that they want you to help them become who they want to be like then you know drop those little tricky inception moves or if it's a friend what I like to do is like I like to with with the people who are closest to me in my life I want to know their goals and their visions almost better than they do And I, and I ask for consent. I'm like, Hey, are you okay if I do every single thing possible to help you get what you want in life? And if they say yes, then I'm meditating and visualizing on them, achieving the things that they want. I'm dropping little unconscious inception hits to help them get what they want. It's, it's a really beautiful thing. And the principle here, I like it. I think it's amazing. And I invite people to do it to me if there's consent, um, The principle is that your unconscious does not process the negatives. And sometimes we can trick our unconscious. Um, with a little bit of like, uh, I don't think this will be really easy to change. The thing your unconscious is hearing is that this will be really easy to change. And it's often the times like when you, and, and so let's go to the less productive version of this, which is where you're trying to change someone else's behavior. You're trying to change someone else and you're not, and you're telling them what not to do. What you're actually doing is telling them what to do. Uh, don't leave the dishes out anymore, Flynn, which I don't do. I'm actually really responsible about that, is saying, Flynn, leave the dishes out. You're creating programming for me. So... You know, when once you understand these principles, like you have a responsibility to yourself and your own unconscious to produce the results that you want, but also in your relationships and the way that you communicate. Like when you learn these principles of your unconscious, you get to be a master. You get to be pristine and accurate and precise, and it really empowers you to actually influence and contribute to the results that you want to experience. Um, now, this this goes back to being specific about what you want because your unconscious works on the principle of least of least effort. So, you know, one of the things that I I come across every single day is, is when, and you, you probably see this too, when you ask people what they want, they're really good at telling you what they don't want. So, Hey, what do you want out of life? I want more money because I don't want to be poor. Okay, well, now you're telling me what you don't want. What we have to do is to reprogram our minds to be able to own the truth of what we actually do want instead of focusing so much about on what we don't want and it's not an issue of like morality and like positive people focus on what they want it's it's really a matter of what's effective to train your unconscious and what's ineffective to train your unconscious so folk like and what this so many people I love making content about this so, there's so many people are afraid of taking ownership of what they want and and focus More on what they don't want because they are they're judging themselves for wanting something they're judging what it means to want something or they also might be operating with a fear that they're broken and if they take ownership of what they want and they go for it then they'll be disappointed and learn that they were broken all along and that's scary. Um, I, I don't think that anyone is broken. I think the likelihood that you're listening to this and you have some actual thing genetically wrong with you, that means that you're unable to, uh, create your unconscious into anything that you want it to be limited by your physiology and biology. I, I think that there's probably a 0.0001% chance that that's likely true about you. I think that you can change anything you want about yourself. Um, And so we have to program our minds to be able to own what we want so that we can help teach our unconscious what it is that we actually want. And when it hears that, then it'll start to respond to that. Okay, the fifth principle. Your conscious mind is the goal setter. Your unconscious mind is the goal getter. So if your unconscious goal is to make more money, but your unconscious belief is that you are not allowed to want more money, that you're supposed to reject people who have money, um, or you believe that you're unworthy of money. It's, it's going to be really difficult. Now, this is this is where it's super valuable to practice the thing that you probably, that I've mentioned already, this thing of understanding what you actually want. So let's say you say, okay, I want to make a million dollars per year. I would ask you, all right, that sounds amazing. What would that do for you? Well, that would give me all these uh, networking opportunities and creative opportunities. And I'd be able to live in this place and I'd be able to invest money and I'd be able to support my children. And okay. Okay. All that sounds beautiful. Now let's pick one of those. Okay. uh, Creative opportunities. So let's say you had an abundance of creative opportunities. What would that do for you? Well, if I knew that I had abundance of abundance of creative opportunities available for me then I would get to be more independent in my creativity I could take more risks I could be more bold I could be more courageous okay interesting uh let's pick one of those. Let's pick like you being more bold. Like if you knew that it were available for you to be more bold, what would that be like? It would be like, well, I'd wake up with like a mission. I'd wake up with a sense of purpose in my heart. I'd wake up with fire and drive. And what would that be like? Tell me about the fire and the drive. And then I would feel like joyful and zestful and I'd be like squeezing every last drop out of life. Okay, got it. You see what we did here is fascinating. What you want is this experience of fierce purpose and squeezing every drop of juice that life has to offer. But right now you're operating with all these programmed conditions of why you can't have that experience right now. And, and if we go all the way to the top of what you said of what you want, which is a million dollars a year, whatever it was, I don't remember. Right now, you're seeing that the only way for you to have this zest and this passion and this vigor for life is for you to have a million dollars, which then gives you creative opportunities, which then gives you like an abundance of opportunity, which then gives you boldness and courage. And when you have those things, then you get to have this vigor for life. Right, So we're understanding what you actually want. And when you understand the core of what you actually want, it's a lot harder to judge something like wanting a million dollars because maybe it makes sense. Like maybe that's true that making a million dollars a year does give you more creative opportunity and it does help you amplify those internal experiences of zest and vigor. And if you want those internal experiences, then you get to just go on this path where you train your unconscious to learn that it's safe to be making a million dollars a year. That's, That's all it is. And when you're doing that, you're then training your unconscious that it's safe to be bold and courageous, that it's safe to believe that there's an abundance of creative opportunities, that it's that it's safe to take those creative opportunities. That's that's what we're doing is just familiarizing ourselves with the things that we want informed by the core of what we actually want, which is the feelings that we want. Okay. the final principle is that what is safe to your unconscious is what you will be do or have. What is safe to your unconscious is what you will be do or have. We spoke a bit about it, this. It's it's about exposure and familiarity. So remember the example of like anxious attachment could have even happened could have even happened in the womb. I mean, could have even happened pre-conception. It could have happened at the moment of conception. Like I you know, like maybe the energy of your parents having sex like was, I don't know, a little bit like anxious or threatened than like I, like, I don't like it could be, it could be something far beyond you and like your responsibility for creating this pattern of anxiousness, but it is your responsibility to change it. If you want to, if you want the results of what we can call secure attachment or describe as secure attachment, if you want those results, then it's your responsibility to change those patterns and, and when we say responsibility we don't mean like well that's like this is on you like you're the one who did this it's not about that it's just that no one else is able to do it other than you no one else has the influence over your unconscious the way that you do and if you want your unconscious to learn that something else is safe so that you can be the person you want to be and do the things you want to do and have the things that you want to have what it's about is familiarity When we're talking about familiarity, what we're talking about are the feelings you hope to have when you are in something that you can describe as a secure relationship. So same process as the million dollars. Like let's say you're in a secure relationship and you have it forever. What does that do for you? What does that do for you? What does that do for you? Get down to the feelings in your body, the sensation in your body. Now, now you understand what you actually want and you can see that you've been living your whole life up until now believing and and, and, and it's been true like those experiences in your body aren't available unless you know that this person text, wants to text you back or wants to date you or something like that. But that's, that's not the truth of reality. The truth of reality is that any experience that you want in your body is available in any given moment and it is determined by the way that you relate to what is in your conscious awareness. So like if you feel anxious and if you feel afraid, the way to access what you actually want, which is groundedness, relaxation, peace, is not to bypass the parts of you who are anxious and afraid and are desperate for a text back. The way to access that is to relate to the version of you who's anxious with warmth and tenderness and kindness. And that's probably the ultimate skill that that I could teach you, which is how to actually do that. It's a really beautiful concept that we're talking about. What we're talking about is identifying what you actually want and then being what you want determined by how you are choosing to relate to what's around you. Primarily, we're talking about the relationship between you and you. How does calmness relate to your anxiety what does it look like for calmness to become friends with anxiety what's the space where those two meet what does calmness say to anxiety if calmness understands that calmness is infinitely available in every single moment and therefore it has no desire or no need to change anxiety then then what what kind of environment for anxiety can calmness create when anxiety doesn't need to defend itself or explain itself it can just be That's the type of thing that we're talking about. That's the type of thing, like that's the thing that helps your nervous system and your body learn that the things that you want are safe and that they're readily available. And then the task from there is to start building your life differently. Because if you've built your life up until this point with this understanding that who you're supposed to be is anxious and small, well then you have to change. Like if you want change, you have to change. You have to learn about who the version of you is when calmness, joy, confidence, uh, zest are infinitely abundantly available. Who is the version of you who, who understands, who knows that what you want is abundantly available in every single moment? There are no conditions for it. When you have infinite access to the internal experiences you want, what are you doing that's different than what you're doing right now? What business are you building? What ways are you fully sending it? What ways are you fully, fully going for it? What are your goals? How big are you dreaming? How big of a sense of purpose do you want to have? How big of an impact do you want to have on the world? What's the world that you want to create from a place of abundant internal experience? And then you got to go out and do those things because your nervous system, your mind and your body and your unconscious won't learn that it's safe to be that person until you take the tangible sink your teeth into it action. It's not learn about stuff and then be a person who knows a lot about it, but doesn't apply it and do anything. It's about self-help, which like, I don't even like that term, but the, <laughs> that little saying is helpful. It's, it's the, the, the thing that self-help is is action. The action that you take thinking about your action as experimentation. It's a practice of the internal experience that you want is thousands of times more valuable than the information that I'm sharing here on this podcast. And I hope that the information that I'm sharing here inspires you to take new action. That would be beautiful. I would love that. And also the action is the thing that changes your body. It changes your nervous system. It changes your unconscious. So, I hope you're walking away from this experience with more clarity about what your subconscious is and how it operates and and coming away with some tools that you can use to shape and co-create with your unconscious. I especially love the thing about the one finger out, three fingers in. That it's not like you're projecting your insecurities, but you're creating your insecurities when you're interpreting someone else as insecure or or like judging something about them. That's one of my favorite things in the world. And then we get to live our lives as this practice of like, how can we be a thing that sees the divinity, that sees the godliness, that sees the like ultimate beauty in in all things, even the things that we hate and want to change. Who is that version of us and how powerful is that version? In my opinion, it's the most powerful thing that exists. I hope you got a lot out of this. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.